All righty, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? You did it. You did it again. You had to just hit that play button on another episode of VA Radio. And here we are. All thanks to you. I'm Kevin Osti, your host. Uh, as always, joined by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Hubal-Clark, for yet another... Another crinkum crankum episode <laughs> of V8 Radio, Kevin. <laughs> crinkum crankum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I love the sound of that. That sounds like a, uh, a character from some 50s animated... You know, holiday special or something. What what does crinkum crankum mean? <laughs> that is a, a word from the uh, an English word from the 18th century, meaning something that's full of twists and turns. <laughs> <laughs> crankum crankum, it is. Well, no, no particular reason for that overselling adjective at all. I mean, there's really nothing going on. No, right. No, and, and I mean, it's pretty much business as usual. Yes, and we were discussing before the show started that. Uh, you know, generally our, our show prep, if you will, is pretty minimalistic on this show, but this time it's like zero. So there will be some crinkums and some crankums for sure. <laughs> right on. <laughs> oh, man. Lots to cover. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure there will be lots to cover. And uh, before we get started on this uh, particular show, those of you who've listened before know that uh, we tend to start these off with an automotive-esque trivia question and uh mikey do you, do you have one did you prepare a trivia question i certainly do have a trivia question today kev and uh here we go all right in uh you know we've all heard of uh cable tv i have but what uh, kevin yeah I've seen it. but in uh, in automotive terms what is a tv cable oh how about that that's a crankum crankum trivia question. Oh, you see what I did? I cranked you, then I cranked you. Yes, my crankum <laughs> has been cranked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. I mean, you Thank win you. this trivia question thing just for that. I got a hand. Thanks. It <laughs> All right, winner. Yeah. And thanks very much for listening, folks. <laughs> see you <laughs> next time. Next time. Okay, so the TV cable. Is a uh, cable connection that goes from the transmission to the throttle lever on a uh, carburetor or on a throttle body. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it stands for throttle valve cable. And what it means is it, uh, it controls basically the shifting characteristics of a mechanically controlled automotive overdrive transmission. So your 700R4 GM or your Ford AOD both have a form of a TV cable, hmm. uh, I think. So that's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> All that, and it ends with, I think. <laughs> I also think that if you do not have your TV cable set, especially in Ford applications, if it's not proper, hmm. you can destroy a brand new automotive transmission like a Ford AOD within like Ooh. seven blocks. <laughs> Oh, ouch. I think. I think. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me how I think I know that one. <laughs> well, right on. All right. So Kevin says it is a, it stands for throttle valve, and it connects your transmission to your throttle body on your vehicle or carburetor. Is that about right? That's about right. I All think. All right. We think, allegedly, that's mm -hmm. correct. We'll see. We'll find out later on in the show. 
Right. It it provides that little extra amount of crinkum crankum that our transmissions mm-hmm. need to function properly. Indeedly doodly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you right him. now. Got him. <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows. Oh, man. All right. Well, you're a Pontiac guy. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, today, I found myself driving one of our customers' vehicles that we had performed some uh, high performance upgrades on. And I noticed an interesting badge on the dashboard. And this is, um, I'm going to give you two ways to go with this. This this is like the equivalent of a choose your own adventure. Oh, (laughs) I loved those books when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) So you can A, either tell me what this this means that I'm going to ask you. Uh Uh-huh. Or B, you can tell me where it's found. Okay. Okay. So what I'm referring to is a badge on the dashboard that said RTS. Hmm. R-T-S. And then it had a few words after that. Hmm. The words would give it away. But if you can tell me what the R-T-S badge was, what it means, that's one adventure you could have. Mm-hmm. Or if you could tell me on what vehicles this was found on, that's the other adventure. Oh. How about that? That's a little crinkum well, and, and a crankum. Oh, wow. I might crink and crank that answer. Mm. Um, let's see Bonus here. points if you uh, if you crank a crank. Yeah. Well, let's do it then. The, the Clampet well, Brothers. Go. <laughs> I I have seen <laughs> that crank badge. And crank. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Attention V8 radio listeners. We interrupt this episode because at this point of our program, Someone on the V8 radio team had a slip of the tongue, resulting in a comment deemed inappropriate for the family nature and wholesome goodness of V8 radio. While we will not be sharing the comment, we felt the ensuing raging laughter was just too good not to share, especially at a time when everyone could use a good laugh. We now return you to the show. Hope you enjoy the laughs. Oh, 
heavens to Betsy. That was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. All right. So RTS. Yes. I, as a matter of fact, I have seen that before on a Pontiac, and I have even owned a few mm. that have had that badge on it. So what RTS is, it stands for Radial Tuned Suspension. Oh, and it could. Yeah, big words, big words from a big man. And uh, what that meant was tip. Um, the suspension was was balanced and tuned for to make a. Um, your radial tire equipped vehicle drive straight and true down the road and have a, a good um, compliant ride. So that is what RTS is. Wow. And do you want to go for the, uh, the, the, the crank side of that and uh, explain where that was found and when? Oh, well, um, the car I had, that had that. Actually, I had two cars that had it. I had a 76 Le Mans uh, station wagon. And it was on the dash, I believe, right up, I think it was right above the steering column is where that badge was located. Either either right above the steering column or just off to the right a little bit. But it was prevalent on the dash and easy to see. And it was kind of a, a selling feature for the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that suffice your crank? Uh, well, what was the other car you had? I, I was looking for more. Oh. What, what vehicles did this feature? Oh, well, any car equipped with radial tires from the factory would have that. So my 76 Le Mans had it and my 77 Formula had it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Both mm-hmm. equipped with radial tires uh, from the factory. Noting But my, six, my 66 Le Mans did not because it came with bias ply tires. Mm-hmm. Likewise with, with both of my GTOs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Well, if that's your final answer, then that's well, what we'll go with. I'm going to, I think, allegedly, that's correct. Right on. That's my alleged final answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Duly noted. Dig it. All right. Well, um, seeing that you've already uh, provided that answer, I will, I will share the vehicle that I was driving. Oh, which was a uh, a '79 Pontiac Firebird Formula, Ooh. which came to the shop from the great state of Ohio, of all places. Oh, and uh, my uh, home state. That's it. That's it. This came from the northeastern part of Ohio, I believe. And mm. uh, our customers own this for a long, long time. It's a beautiful car. It's red. <clears throat> uh, bottom side is as clean as the top, and it's got nice. a built big inch Pontiac V8. And it's got a Turbo 400 with a gear vendor overdrive already installed. And wow. we did a uh, Holly Sniper fuel injection <clears throat> with a dual sync distributor. So we're controlling timing on that one. Oh, uh, cool. Which is very cool. Trevor wrote the uh, timing map for that and uh, put a Magnaflow exhaust system on it because it was a little bit droney in the car with what he had. <clears throat> uh-huh. And now that uh, smoothed out quite a bit. And it's cool. It's on. Um, it's on, I think, a Krager wheel, but it's got BFG uh, radial TA tires that have some years mm. on them. They're not worn out. They're just time-aged. So sure. they're kind of they're kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Which means this thing also has like a 3,000-stall converter in it, and it will just 
annihilate oh. these tires yeah, just even bet. thinking about it so yeah it's uh it's a fun car it's beautiful <laughs> we restuffed the the front seats and put new covers on them did new door panels oh. in our interior shop put some cool. new weather strip in it uh but it's super clean and it was uh, a, a nice car to work on it didn't fight us everything kind of played oh, along nice. and and uh yeah and now you just turn that key and it lights right off and and it uh it does what it's supposed to do so I was driving it today to put a few test miles on it to make sure that everything mm-hmm. is functioning the way it's supposed to. And I noticed that badge and I went, huh, there's some trivia uh-huh. in there somewhere. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a beautiful car. It is. It's very nice. There's pictures of it on our website. Is there? Um, okay. Under the I'll photo galleries. Yeah. And we're going to shoot a little video on that one too. Nice. So, yeah. So the rest of the uh, elephant in the room is as we record <laughs> this, we are under the coronavirus uh, ramifications for the world, and uh, quite frankly, we're you know it sucks for everybody, but we're we're all trying to kind of make the best of this whole situation. Your world has changed quite a bit. Yes, it has. Uh, my company has uh, transformed into a completely work-at-home company. Except for, of course, field personnel, people who are customer-facing are still expected to go out and, on a limited basis, um, perform service tasks um, only if they're Mm customer-initiated. So typically, these guys could uh, do courtesy calls and go in and do a cleaning. We can't do that anymore. They've been issued gloves. They have to, you know, maintain certain distance from people and, uh, you know, follow all the guidelines that the CDC has set down for... uh, to minimize uh, tra- possible transmission of this uh, dastardly virus. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, we're in kind of a unique spot because <clears throat> technically um, we're our, our shop's in Illinois, and the governor of Illinois last week issued a decree saying that, you know, all non-essential businesses are closed. And mm-hmm. you can leave your house to go to the grocery store or, or the doctor or whatever, but you're supposed to stay inside and non-essential businesses, you know, are, are subject to this. Essential businesses are, uh, you know, obviously healthcare and, and essential services. But in our case, you know, we're a, an automotive restoration shop, but under the guidelines of the um, department of Homeland security, we kind of fit under automotive repair, right? And mm. granted, we're not a general repair facility. We don't fix people's cars, broken fan belts and water right. pumps and stuff. However, we have the capability to do that. We do that on, on old cars and classic cars. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, you know, consulting with Kelly on this saying, <clears throat> what are we going to do here? You know, is it our number one priority was to make sure our team was safe and our customers are safe and we don't spread this dastardly virus, as you called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we ended up finding out is that uh, in the state of Illinois, there's a thing called the Illinois Automotive Repair Act, which governs automotive repair facilities. And we as a restoration shop fall under those guidelines, even though I don't mm-hmm. really want to because those are more for your general repair shop. But in the past, we have, we've had questions about this, and it's always come up that, well, you guys fall under the Illinois Automotive Repair Act, which means we are technically an essential service, right? 
So mm-hmm. my mission through all this is to keep our team safe and to hopefully keep business moving along as normal. And as long as we have customers who are desiring our services and, and want us to continue to work on their cars, then we should, if we can be safe about it, we should probably do that. Um, because there are a lot of businesses that are closing down or are laying mm-hmm. people off. And those are negative effects on the economy, on these people's livelihoods. And that's the last thing I want to do is have a negative impact on our team. So mm-hmm. we decided to take some safety precautions. We closed our doors to the general public. Um, we've trained our team to be six or seven feet away from each other at all times to wash their hands. They're taking lunch in place instead of you know, joining mm-hmm. everybody at the lunch table. And they all have the freedom if they don't feel well or they don't like this situation, they can go home without penalty um, and ride this out. Uh, but they've all chosen, um, the technicians anyway, to come to work because they, they want to focus on what they're doing. It's a nice way to kind of mentally stay in tune and not freak out about all this stuff. And they all feel safe. They're, they're washing their hands and, and staying those safe distances away. And luckily, our customers have all um, wanted to continue with the services, and and we haven't had anybody that is scaling back on the projects because I think they really they're looking at their projects as an escape themselves. You know, they want these things sure. done so that they can get their life back to normal. Um, we've set up a system where all the deliveries happen outside the building. The parts get dropped off. There's no human contact. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then they come in, uh, you know, after a small period of time and, and we've instructed our team to take their temperatures before they come to work and, you know, really just exercise every precaution, precaution possible. Sure. And we're doing this day by day. And, and, uh, Joe, our, our sales guy is talking to new customers, um, continuously. We've got new cars coming in. We got one coming in tomorrow and we got two next week and got a couple others going home. So it's definitely not business as usual, but we're doing everything we can to kind of keep some sense of protected, safe normalcy in our lives. Cause I think that's kind of what's needed. It really is. It really is. You want to, you don't want the hysteria to, to, to take over your life. You, you need a bit of normalcy even throughout everything that seems like it's upside down, you need to maintain as, as level head as possible through all this and just not give in to the, to the craziness that you see either on the news programs or from other people. You need to know that it's, it's a real thing, but if, as long as you maintain you know, safety precautions, your chances of contracting this are pretty low. It's so. hard to say. I mean, nobody really knows. <clears throat> Our concern was that we didn't want others in our community to think that we were being reckless, mm-hmm. you know, that we were defying the orders of stay right. at home. And, and, and we're really not, you know, again, because no, you're not. We, we technically fall into this category that we're okay to work mm-hmm. and working, I think is the best thing for us, for our customers, for the community, mm-hmm. especially in a, a heightened level of safety and concern. So that's kind of where we're at. And, um, I just hope that, you know, this curve does kind of flatten out and things start to turn around. Uh, we've gone over some things that our, our team needs to be aware of in their own, uh, you know, their own health, 
uh, situations, their, their body temperature, you know, because realistically, from what I've learned, the only way to catch this thing is to let these particles get into your mouth or your nose. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why you keep distance and wear masks and mm-hmm. wash your hands and don't touch your face and wash your face and drink lots of warm liquids and all that stuff. So every, every uh, advantage we can give our team, we're giving them. Again, with the ultimate caveat that if they just don't want to be there, they can go home. You know, there's no, (laughs) we're not making anybody do anything, but they're all choosing to play along. So we're. Well, I think that's great. I mean, everybody would like to stay open. I'm sure. Everybody wants to be productive. And if you, if you can be, then you should be. Yes. As long as you maintain, you know, proper precautions. I, I don't see a problem with it. Right. We're not a bunch of, uh, you know, Generation Z nutheads on the beach. <laughs> Is that what they call them? Gen Z? Is that I a, guess. The millennials got all mad about it because they're like, no, we're past that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. We're not the dummies anymore. No. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Just a, you know, a few... Few bad apples spoil the whole generation, I guess. Is that <laughs> that's true? <laughs> so, oh man, I've been kind of splitting my time because a lot of a lot of my functions in our business are in the digital world. They're online. They're editing video. They're doing uh, you know promotional items and and interacting with customers, which I don't necessarily have to be in the building to do. But at the same time, you know, you don't want one of the owners of the company to not be there in a crisis situation when you're asking or offering the others to be there. So, uh, uh-huh. when I'm there, I try to be effective, but, uh, you know, not risky to the rest of the team. And, and so far I think they appreciate that, which is good. Good. So, you know, I, I at the end of the day, analyzing all this, there's an economic impact, obviously. Um, but I, I don't think that this is akin to the 2008 economic crisis. This isn't a system where lenders were overzealous and people were biting off more than they could chew mm-hmm. and home loans and all that. Our economy was doing quite well and th- it got mm-hmm. sick. You know, this is a freak yeah. thing. And I have to believe that it will recover in much the same way. You know, all of the systems were in place. Things were going along pretty well. Um, once people are are comfortable again, and there's uh, uh, some some cure, I don't you know cure is a, a strong word, but some uh, things that people can do to remedy sicknesses or prevent them, and things start to level out. Um, I, I truly believe that our economic system will will kind of come right back. Um, I think there's going to be some consumer uh, trepidation. I think they're going to be a little bit reluctant to. Uh, uh, to have a high level of consumer confidence right away. But I think it, over time it will come back uh, because, again, nobody wanted this. This wasn't everybody getting, you know, ripped off or mm-hmm. some systemic predatory lending Ponzi <laughs> right. scheme. You know, banks weren't going under. This is just, right. holy crap, we got taken out at the knees, but we'll get back on our feet. So I agree with every point. Absolutely. I hope so. And not, yeah, not to derail it too much, but I'm looking at this 79 formula and that is a sweet car. The beautiful tan interior with the dual gate shifter. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you found it on the website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the dual gate shifter and it's got a, uh, 
what is it, a 50th anniversary NASCAR shift ball on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's. did you see the underside pictures? It's super, super clean. I mean, the, the subframes, per, you know, yeah. painted in the bottom side and everything. It's a, oh, it's yeah, a neat I'm, car. It is a neat car. I love it. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dynamite, dynamite. We've been, you know, kind of F-body central recently. And mm-hmm. in addition to this 79 formula, we also brought in a 72 formula 455 HO <gasps> four-speed car the other day. Yes, I saw that. That thing is so cool. <laughs> Trevor <laughs> sent me a picture of it. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm in love with it. I'm in yeah. love with it. And it's a great car with a great story. So the owner had one new, a Lucerne Blue 72 Formula 455 HO car, four speed. But when he had a new one, it had air conditioning, it had Rally 2s, it had spoilers, air dams. And he's been looking for another one ever since the 80s or so when he sold it. He had to get rid of it. Life happened. Well, now he can Uh. afford another one. So he found this car. And, And the one that he just bought, which is the one in our shop, is I think it's like the pinnacle of that style. It's got 15-inch steel wheels with dog dish caps. Yes. It's got Goodyear F60, mm. uh, uh, you know, um, GT tires on it, you know, yeah. bias plies with the block lettering. It's a four-speed. It does not have spoilers. It does not have the lower front chin spoiler yeah. on it. Uh, it is just a basic raw non-AC yeah. animal of a car, and I'm a little conflicted because he wants his old car. Oh so, yeah. So he found some NOS and and General Motors parts to add those Pontiac options to this car. Oh. So he wants us to do the chin spoiler and the the rear the rear spoiler and and convert oh, it to okay. AC using all GM stuff, which. Okay. You know, I guess it's okay to a degree because mm-hmm. it's funny because you say, well, you don't want to ruin the value because being – it's restored, but it's correct. And if you change the correctness, you diminish the value. However, this guy already paid the premium value for the car. So the value mm. has been realized already. I see. And now it's his to do whatever he wants. And yeah, true. He would take those wheels off and put them on the shelf and put the rally twos on it. And he would, you know, take the heater box and put it on the shelf. And, and we actually have a 73 Firebird in the, in the shop that's a factory air car that mm-hmm. is willing to donate its GM AC system to this other car. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, the wow. only real challenge right now is the firewall is slightly different because of the, right. the hole. Yeah, you got to cut a big hole in there. Right. So we're looking at options on what the best route to do there is. Um, hmm. Companies like Classic Industries sell a new firewall, AC uh-huh. and non-AC. We might just take a piece of one of those and tack it in and I see. You know, call it a day. Um, but I was talking with our friend uh, Terry McGeehan at Hemmings Muscle Machines Magazine today uh, about that particular car. And he was pointing out some interesting details on it that I did not know. For example, the lower valance in the front is plastic on the 72 HO Formula 455 cars. And apparently there was some manufacturing challenge because they they wanted these two little slits underneath the bumper. Uh Uh-huh. 
<clears throat> for airflow and for style. And they could not get that panel to stamp properly in steel. The steel ones have a much oh. bigger opening. Uh, the downside to the steel one is that bigger opening shows you things that the Pontiac designers didn't want you to see through the hole. Okay. So they made a bunch of them plastic, and this one has the plastic one. So that's hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, but it's correct down to the uh, orange paint mark on the rear end and mm. you know, all the stuff underneath. And Man. Yeah. And it, it was a neat experience because the, mm. the customer came to us before the car was purchased. And he said, hey, I'm thinking about buying this car. And I said, where is it? And he said, it's in Southern California. And I was able to tap um, my old friend, Rob Canan, who used to be an editor at Hot Rod Magazine. Right. And Rod went, or Rob Canan went and checked it out and took photographs and drove it and sent us some video and everything and and kind of gave it the, the thumbs up on, on buying it. The carburetor number's right, the distributor. I mean, everything is correct on this thing. So after it got shipped to us, um, you know, talk about kind of, relying on the the network if you will so i used to work with canan i then also used to work with terry mcgeehan at hot rod and then myself uh-huh. so all of us are still kind of in contact with each other and yeah. and who wins but the customer you know because this guy yeah got a, got a legit car that was kind of vetted by people that know a few things and yeah it was cool yeah that that you can that you know you can rely on to tell you their full story the real story right as yeah. opposed to hiring some guy to go look at it that you don't know or don't trust or doesn't right. have the the knowledge of, you know, working in the car magazine world and, and all the rest of it. So that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah, that's real cool. Man, that, that guy did win. That's crazy. Yeah, so huh. I think we're going to do some kind of video on that car, Muscle Car of the Week style uh, feature on it um, before we change it and add the spoilers and stuff. Okay. Um, we have to get a few questions answered because with that plastic lower valance, there's a built-in kind of chin spoiler in that valance. And I don't mm. think the steel ones have that. And I don't know if the the fiberglass Pontiac spoiler bolts to that particular valance. Oh, I see. So if you're on the website, you can go to uh, vatvshow.com slash photos and see that car. It's on the the front page of our photo gallery right now and you'll see that balance like i'm talking about i never really uh-huh. spent that much time looking at one of those until recently and it was uh it was neat to see sweet so you couldn't talk the guy into a vintage air huh well he wants the oe look you know and the car is so correct i don't i don't yeah. really blame him i get it i get it but that's it takes up a lot of real estate under the hood though that uh the evaporator and all that stuff it does, so you know. But, but again, if it's GM stuff, um, and it could have come yeah. on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know it, it could have come on it. He's got the PHS documentation on the car, which uh-huh. and build sheets, which say it didn't have that. But it's his, and he doesn't care. You know. So sure. Yeah, I'm kind of in the opposite camp. You know, my my GTO is a factory air car, and I would love to get rid of all that extra nonsense and just go with a sweet vintage air unit right it's, you know still a, it's still a factory air car it's just a a better ac and a more efficient ac unit and it kind of cleans up the engine bay a lot yep. i think well in your case you don't care about the correctness as much so what i would say to you is just keep all that stuff because somebody might want yeah. it. yeah yeah true 
True, true. Yeah, I'm looking at this chin spoiler. That, okay, I see the slit you're talking about. And then look below that. There's like a little... Yeah, like a little chin spoiler. Yeah, yeah. a little molded in yep. body-colored chin spoiler there. It's cool looking. It's, it's very cool looking. Yeah. I never knew that was there before. Yeah, I didn't either. And now I'm trying to figure out what the term would be if you modify a perfectly stock car with original parts. Is that a resto mod? No. Is it? What is it? <laughs> I don't know, man. We're forging new territory here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> a, a retro mod, maybe? Could be. Yeah. I think you're right, because you're, you're retrofitting and mm-hmm. modifying the car, but with OE stuff. OE stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of putting your own options on it, your own it's factory a, options. The choose-your-own-adventure version. Hey, and we're back. <laughs> it's a could have been. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah. Yeah, I love everything about this this 72. Ooh, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the underneath on this one's clean as a whistle, too. Oh, it's a full rotisserie restoration yeah. car, you know, and correct with colors and the, the red yeah. oxide uh, yeah. bottom side. And, Whew. Yeah, it's neat. Mm. That's great. And then uh, I think next week we're getting a uh, 10th anniversary 79 Trans Am coming in. And he, Is that right? Yeah, he's got some maintenance and things. And, and, and I just love that second generation Firebird platform, not only because they drove really cool and, and the earlier yeah. ones are, are my favorite, yeah. but to see like, how that like. same platform evolved so radically differently by the end of the decade I love that 79 anniversary car. I love the, the white pace car versions. Yeah. With the bird that goes up the hood and then follows the top of the doors. Yep. You know, the whole top of the car is a different color. I just think those things are awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a very unique look. They're, yeah. they're really cool. Yeah. My, my favorite would be like the 73 Trans Am with the with the bird on the hood and all and all that went along with it um yeah. but i I, lo- I dug my 77 formula too i mean i, I love the second gen platform as well yeah yeah so. well we got this this red 79 formula with the two flat scoops you know yeah exactly which is an evolution of the early formula that had the two big snorkel like the se- like the 72 yeah it's got yeah. that hood yeah mm-hmm. and, and then we've also got a blue 78 trans am in the shop right now Mm. Uh, which uh, looks more like your your '77 formula with that style headlight and mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the wheel, the snowflake wheel, and everything. Um, and that one came in. The customer bought it somewhere else and was never really happy with, uh, you know, kind of I guess how the car performed. So we're gonna just go through it and see what what it needs and fix a few things on it. But it, it's it's kind of a darker blue with the blue hood bird. And the blue Trans Am logos. It's a, it's a cool car. I really dig all those second gen Firebird cars. So yeah, there, there's more of them coming to us too, which is great. Right on, right on. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll look at all of them. <laughs> I think they're fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, we'll move on That's... to the next piece of the pie here. <laughs> uh, so the Facebook pages have been pretty active. Uh, we got a nice inquiry yesterday by a gentleman named uh, Richard Lippett, who was wondering yeah. about some uh, um, suspension issues he's been having. And from what I gathered, he's got a GTO, right? Actually, he has a 68 Firebird convertible. 
It is a 68 Firebird convertible. Yeah. Okay, because he was talking about some GTO crossover with F-body parts. Correct. Okay. That's right. Well, he, I guess, lowered his Firebird with some drop spindles and Mm -hmm. put disc brakes on it and has been having a problem with the wheels rubbing in the fender wells. And at the same time, he upgraded his wheels to a, I think, a 15-inch, like a 15 by 6 or 15 by 7 uh, yeah. wheel he didn't say what wheel he used and he didn't say what the offset was correct he didn't he, i don't think he knew at the time right or the tire size right yeah that's right he was supposed to go look at that um but he went from a 14 to a 15 because the disc brake conversion required that mm-hmm. um i mm-hmm. believe it's a rally i think did he say it was a rally two um, I don't know that he did. I, I just I was trying to focus in on what his his problem was, and the problem was that now his tires rub, right. and he was wondering if it was a better idea to change the drop spindle out or do something yeah. else. Back to the stock height spindle, right? And and the problem right. with that is he changed several things at once. He changed the spindle, he changed the wheel, mm-hmm. and he also put disc brakes on it. And what that means is, depending on what spindle he put on the car, uh, a drop spindle is an aftermarket spindle. And some of those actually change that relationship of where the tire fits in the wheel well, uh, you know, on the, I would say technically the camber dimension where the, the center line of the tire could be pushed further towards the outside of the car. Right. And that may have been in play. The next thing is that whenever you add disc brakes, technically you you generally add about a quarter of an inch offset as well because of the thickness of the rotor and the way they mount. I a see. lot of times there's a little ring that goes onto the spindle itself and kicks everything outboard. So a disc brake car might be a little bit wider of a track than a drum brake car just by doing that conversion. So now he might have two things that pushed his wheels further outboard. Uh Plus, we don't know what offset his wheels were. They're wider, so it's going to have an effect. And we don't know if that was a zero offset or, you know, if the backspace was, you know, less pushing that that tire further outboard. But what I gathered Uh is that as he was going in and out of driveways or... Anything that's compressing that suspension, he's rubbing his inner fender or the trim or something. And it's a common thing. And what we've learned is that we like to get the spindle and the brake figured out and then measure for the tire and wheel. Right. And then Mm -hmm. fit them into the hole that you have. So in his situation, you know, I didn't want to tell the guy to just, no, you need to go buy everything new and start over, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he has options at this point. I mean, if, if, even if he left, his probably best course of action would be to measure for proper offset and proper backspacing on another wheel and see if that will fit his needs. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Um, if he's going to do anything, it didn't sound like he was really married to that drop spindle. True. Yeah, um, I, I kind of got that that same sentiment. But I also kind of suspected that he did the drop spindle to get the disc brake. So Mm. it it, it might all be part of the same thing. Because a lot of times those F-bodies, you know, the spindle, I think what it really comes down to is there's a a bolt on the top side of the spindle that bolted the 
backing plate from the drums to the spindle itself. Right. And that's a that's different true. size than the disc brake bracket. Mm-hmm. So in order to convert from drum to disc, mm-hmm. you either have to get a disc brake spindle or mm-hmm. drill that thing and make it bigger. And Right. I mean, I went, I did the same thing on my GTO. I went from a drum brake, front drum brakes to front disc brakes. And I bought a kit uh, through Summit Racing. And yeah, it came with a, a, a proper disc brake spindle that I had to attach. Right. Um, with everything was made for it in a different master cylinder and a different brake booster. And right. my brakes still suck, which I still <laughs> need to get looked at. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would fix that, but it didn't. Yeah, so, but but the other reason why I wanted to mention uh, Mr. Lippitt is he did also bring up a, a piece of trivia that he claimed that the uh, on a first-generation Firebird that you can do an easy disc brake conversion if you use an A-body GTO spindle. Right. 68 to whatever. He, 72, yeah. yeah. And I don't think that's true. Hmm. And the reason why I don't think that's true is the 67, first generation, 6789 Firebird is a, no, it's, a get this front wrong. it's a front steer, which means that the steering no, arm. Wait. Actually, I'm looking at the, at the correspondence right now. It says Firebird's. Are rear the steer rear steer first gens yeah. GTOs are front steer right. So what that means is the yeah. the steering arm points towards the windshield, mm-hmm. and the linkage is behind the cross member. Mm-hmm. But on the GTO, that steering linkage points to the front of the car, the steering arms, and the linkage is ahead of the cross member. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you can just flip that steering arm or reverse the spindle. Mm-hmm. left to right, right to get the right connection. And if you flip them, I think you change the geometry and cause some issues. I see. So I don't know that that's correct, what he suggested. So I guess the long way is, if I was to try and answer his question, um, yeah, the, the, the best thing to do at this point would be probably to keep the spindle and keep the brakes and then measure for a wheel. Mm-hmm. Um and get the right offset, and that might suck the wheel in a little bit more under the car and avoid right. that uh, that rubbing issue that he's got. Um, but this is this is what we deal with day in day out. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a, a diff, even maybe even a different tire size would have an effect as well, depending it might. on the, how how high or low the profile is on the tire. Totally. So you never know. But it, it all comes into a system of compromise. Because uh-huh. if you if you change the tire size, well, then you might change the rake angle of the car. You might lower the car mm-hmm. even further. If he's on a drop spindle, he might lose right. even more ground clearance. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And, and that's why it's important to to do the homework ahead of time and, and start with what you've got and kind of measure things out and and – have a clear goal in mind you know so what do you want to do do you want disc brakes or do you want to lower the car or do you want to do both mm-hmm. and what wheel do you really want and then uh, uh try and make all those pieces work together on a more grand scale when we're doing a you know a detroit speed subframe and you know a, a, a high dollar pro touring car the worst scenario is if you order the wheels without measuring them and just go by what somebody says 
or, oh, yeah. you know, Oof. because every single time it will be wrong. So <laughs> we actually produced a video for Forge Line on how to measure wheels, you know, properly. Uh, yes, because, you did. And you got to get the subframe in place. You got to get the spring. You got to get a brake set up and mm-hmm. measure all that stuff and then order the wheels. Because once you put an order in for custom wheels, they're yours, you know. <laughs> you own them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's real tricky. And we're, we're dealing in the world of, you know, quarter of an inch maybe or less of clearance uh, with, yeah. you know, a set of wheels that might be four or $5,000 on a, you know, fully bodyworked, finished, perfect car. Yeah. So you're, you're threading the needle there. So we do have a lot of experience with that. So I guess at the end of the day, if anybody's interested in, getting advice on that kind of stuff to give us a call and I'll gladly put Trevor on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can hear it now. Yeah. All right, now. Here's what you want to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. Uh, love Trevor. He's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I'm glad. Um, I hope we're able to help Richard with his issue and, uh, or confuse him further. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, if anyone has any other questions they want us to broach, um, just drop us a line. You can reach us uh, on the V8 Radio Podcast Facebook page and um, just throw it out there. Happy to help. Mm-hmm. Always. And interestingly, um, <clears throat> I never thought I would say this, but uh, I'm having some work done on the RIV. Oh. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. So it needs some maintenance. Uh, this time of year, as we record this, it's it's March. Normally, when it's not uh, COVID nineteen crisis time, right? Uh, I, I've got my eyes set on the middle or end of April, which is an annual trip that uh, I like to go to Chicago to see some cousins yeah. and friends of mine. See yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to go to a. Uh, an establishment and and watch a ball game, if you will. <laughs> we uh, we go to the bingo parlor uh, at the YMCA. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I'm not the world's biggest baseball fan, but what I do like about baseball is it generally provides for an atmosphere that's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I grew up in the Chicago area, so uh, you know I'm not the biggest Cubs fan in the world, but the Wrigley Field experience is a lot of fun. But then it got very expensive, so my cousins and I, and yourself, and a few few friends, have for the past however many years, I uh, go to one of the bars across from Wrigley Field, have a nice day of it early in the season. You know, I used to go to the home opener, but now we've kind of relaxed that a little bit to make it a Saturday right. afternoon game. And when I can, I like to drive, you know, a fun car. And uh, our friend Grady, who's also a customer of ours, um, he's agreed to come along this year, which will be fun. Oh, sweet. And we're going to take my 70 RIV. But the RIV needs some maintenance. And I'm to the point in my life where I'm like, I don't have time to do all this right now. There's just so much going on. Uh, So Tyler, one of our other technicians in the shop, um, is going to help me out. And do some control arm bushings, some reaction rod bushings, put some brakes oh, in cool. it, put some rear shocks in it. I got some rear axle bearings that are starting to make noise and some seals and just, uh-huh. you know, maintenance type stuff, fluids yeah. and whatnot. And uh, he's going to be uh, uh, knocking all that stuff out, which generally I would really enjoy doing. But but right now I have to focus on getting it done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's what our shop is all about is getting stuff done. Sure. 
So my my hope is that uh, we're the next the car's there now. Um, for the the next week or so, he'll be able to knock those items out. And my fingers are crossed that at the end of April, our event will be allowed to happen again. Our country will have reopened, uh, and we'll be able to get together because that's a, that's a fun one. Yeah, that is a fun one. I, I was I've been thinking about that lately. I, wondering if that's still going to be able to be had so uh that i do look forward to that trip it's a great time with with you and your cousins and other friends it's it's a it's a fun fun day out in the city yeah so it's I a great day hope we can still do it yeah it's great it's one yeah. of those rare occasions where you just kind of suspend reality for the whole day yeah and we get a great breakfast and then we go to mm. the bar and we have some drinks mm. and eat well and Every once in a while, somebody cheers, and that means somebody scored. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And then we go to uh, uh, to Diagostino's Pizza in Chicago, uh-huh. which uh, is owned uh, by the Diagostino family. Of course, our friend Jeff Diagostino was the the lead machinist at Fast Times Motorworks for many many years. Right on. Who built right. Nick Scavo's race engines and set all kinds of NMCA records with Chuck Samuel and a lot of those guys. Uh, and it's neat to see a lot of our racing buddies and, and car guy friends and just blow off an entire day, you know, and just mm-hmm. just have fun. And, uh, we don't get to do that very often. And I'm I'm aggravated that uh, that might be in jeopardy. But but we'll see. Yeah. But the good thing is, no matter what, the car will get dialed in. Before That's good. That, so you mean that the 1970 Riv that had the original date coated fan belts on it when you bought it needs some maintenance? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And in fact, uh, we're going to end up changing this, the original date coated steering belt, as a matter of fact, because oh that's gosh. still on the car. As oh, a, holy cow. As are the you hoses. You like dangerously. Yeah, the <laughs> upper and lower radiator hoses are the originals on it, and I've got new ones. And uh but I, I take all that junk off and keep it in a box, you know, just of because you do. it, uh, that's what you do. That's what I do. Yeah. That's right, man. Um, <laughs> that, that car just turned 35,000 miles the other day. That's insane. What yeah. a time capsule. Yeah, it really is. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's fun. It, it, even with a, like a completely, you know, it, it's a, it's more of a time worn out front end than a mileage worn out. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, because yeah, we've all seen crack; they dry out, and yeah, it's just but they're working. they're still there. It's not like a mm-hmm. three hundred thousand mile neglected car where there's like no bushings in it. You know, <laughs> uh, these right. ball joints are probably okay, but we're putting new ones in. You know, and the the bushings are still sure. there; they're just kind of shrunken and, and cracked and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it still drives great. You know, even yeah. as loose as it is, <laughs> um, we're going to change the the driver's side window weather strip and leave the okay. passenger. The passenger's fine. It's soft and it works. The driver's nice. side, it's funny. It, 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 it's an interesting study in the, the dynamics of the car because follow along, if you will. Tell if me. You, if you get in the car and roll the window up and close the door and start driving, the car is completely silent inside. Mm. If you roll the window down while you're driving and roll it back up, it will whistle. Ah. Because the pressure inside the vehicle, the air is trying to get out. As you, The more you increase the speed, the more that interior air is trying to get out. I and, see. And it won't seal enough while the car is in motion. But when the car huh. stopped, 
you can seal it enough to where it won't whistle. Interesting. Yeah, but at now, the end of that's the day, a f- that door is a frameless door, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes total sense then. And huh. you know, the cheat would be to take the door panel off and adjust the window to go up just a bit higher. You know, mm. but that's really not the right way to do it. So. Uh, I've got a new pa- or driver's side door weather strip that will seal that because the car is really quiet. Cool. You know, it's a luxury car and it, it mm-hmm. just kind of glides down the road um, to the point where the only noise you really hear is uh, an axle bearing in the back that's starting. Oh, man. Growl. Come on. But I got new ones huh. and, you know, Tyler's up for it. So uh, he'll handle all that. So it's it's, right a, it's a rare occasion where I'm turning the keys over literally to somebody else. Uh, but you know, if you're not comfortable with your own team working on your stuff, you know, you shouldn't be in business. So right, I, I, it's not a situation where I'm not comfortable with them doing it. It's just that I really wanted to do it, but I just, yeah. I don't have the time. So, yeah, well, that's good for, uh, that Tyler would, uh, step up and, and help you out like that. He's a good guy. He'll do it better than me. I know it. <laughs> right on. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's always better when someone else does it. It's like magic. Well, there's that. I mean, you drop it off and pick it up, but at the same time, yeah. he's a, a zillion times more of a mechanic than I am. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's just get it done right. Yeah. Uh, which is not to say that I won't be giving him some guidance on mm-hmm. how I want the brakes done. Just, and just leave him alone. <laughs> a few things. Just leave him alone. Well, Don't seagull him. It's a it's Don't an aluminum drum car, him. you know. So the brakes got to be set set properly and all that stuff because you can't he knows get what him. he's doing tyler i'm going to bat for you he knows what he's doing leave the kid alone <laughs> yeah he does it's true it's true <laughs> all right well listen mr trivia question yes sir uh let's see your your question to me i don't remember what was it my question to you was it's about what a is TV show. A TV, yeah, we've heard of cable TV. <laughs> right. But what is a TV cable? Right. And and you so eloquently said that it is a a cable that runs from your AO your auto overdrive transmission to your throttle body and it is used to adjust line pressures at varying throttle rates and all that good stuff. Right. And you know damn right you're right. So congratulations. You are correct, sir. Well, I stand by that, and good thing, because it's one of the few things that I knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew you'd know it. I just wanted to throw it out there for, for the rest of the people who may not. Yeah, right, right on. That's why they call it trivia. Exactly. Uh, well, my question to you was, driving this 79 Pontiac Firebird formula, I noticed mm. a badge on the dash that said RTS. What does that mean? And I gave you the option to tell me what it meant and what cars it came on. Mm-hmm. And you chose both. So you said that it stands for radial tuned suspension, mm-hmm. which uh, meant that the suspension was designed to run straight, true, and compliant with radial tire cars. And that's mm-hmm. true. Absolutely. You got mm-hmm. that right. And you had a 76 Le Mans wagon, which I never knew you had one of those. Oh, yeah. It's a great car. I loved it. Yeah. That was yours or your family car? It was It was my stepmom's. And then when she got a new car, I got the Le Mans when I was in high school. Was it brown? 
It was no, it was blue. Oh, it was like it was, oh, it was beautiful shade of blue with the uh, the uh, wood grain uh, going down the side. Oh, no kidding. Belt line of the door, yeah. And in '76, did it have taillights in the bumper? No, did not have taillights in the bumper. Huh, interesting. I believe they were above the bumper. I'm thinking maybe of the Malibu that had the taillights in the bumper. I'd have to think again, but I, I don't think they were in the bumper. Yeah, big piece of glass rear window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Rear hatch that uh, you know popped up. It was you know it wasn't the full size. Um, it was right. the you know the A body. Um, yep. But it was oh, it was a great car. Four hundred two barrel. I I drove it like it was a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Why I beat wouldn't the, you? I beat the snot out of it, man. I, yeah. I ended up uh, um, uh, blowing the transmission, and when my my dad wanted us to drive it to the transmission shop. I had to floor it just to go stay going 55 on the expressway. I got it there and it was, it had a crack piston and it was just making all kinds of noise. They ended up replacing the transmission and a few hundred miles later, the, the whole connecting rod just blew apart. Nice. Blew a hole, blew a hole in the pan. Good oh, work. It, was, it was horrible. Oh yeah. It was great. Yeah. He was yeah. mad at me twice on that one. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Well, that was the little brother to the clamshell wagon. Mm-hmm. The clamshell yeah, yeah, yeah. wagons were the those things are hot. Oh, yeah, that's where the rear gate disappears underneath the floor, and the rear window mm. goes up into the roof. Yeah, and, right, right, right. Yeah, those are cool. There's a great uh, clamshell wagon Facebook group that you should check out. Is it? Okay, I've been a member for a while. Yeah, I will check it out. Yeah, right on. So your '76 Le Mans wagon had a badge on the uh, dash above the column that said. Uh, Radial tune suspension, and also did your 77 formula. Um, yes, did. So the little bit of research I found is that uh, 1971 through 1981 Pontiacs had that badge if you ordered radial tires because they were an option. Uh-huh. Um, and it provided a different uh, spring, a different shock. And on the Firebird, like I was driving, it included a rear sway bar. Because the radial tire allowed to have a stiffer suspension, but still provide a comfortable enough ride because of the tire design over a bias ply. So pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird feature that became a marketing thing. Yeah, right. You know, the same way you see cars from the, the 80s that have a badge on the back that say fuel injection. Yeah, or to your point, <laughs> the Fords that had like a Ford Fairmont that had automatic overdrive stickers yeah. in the window and today mm-hmm. it's like yeah well why the hell wouldn't it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how dare you not have that it's like a sticker that says paint <laughs> <laughs> windows <That's about> right <laughs> steering wheel equipped you know <laughs> for complete wheels yes right on <clears throat> all right so we both win yay Yay, right on. That's That doesn't happen that often. No, but we're in uh, drastic times, you know. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> Calls for easier <laughs> questions. <laughs> I, appreciate the, I appreciate the softball. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to think too hard about this one myself. <clears throat> All right, good deal, good deal. All right, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. Nice diversion from the craziness of the world. Uh, Amen. If you enjoy listening to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio uh, app, iHeartRadio, 
Player FM, Podbean, Podchaser. Of course, you can find us on our Facebook page and also on varadio.com and uh, and a few others, I believe, which is pretty cool. And we encourage you to subscribe. You know what? Check all of those different apps and find the one that is the least annoying to use and then subscribe (laughs) to it. That's what I recommend. Great advice. Yeah. Well, I, I do what I can. Yeah, man. All right. Well, I'm Kevin Oste, uh, and for Mr. Mike Hubal-Clark, uh, we advise you to keep the shiny side up, and we will see you next time on VA Radio.